0: There's only ever two you meet. One who keeps things nice and neat. Silence is their quiet treat. And under every rug they sweep, steering clear of conflict's heat. Then there is a different beast. Marching to a savage beat, takes a sour with the sweet, never takes the path of least. Company that few can keep, followers left in dusty heaps. among the sheep, unafraid to bear their teeth. They take the old way and break it, beat it. These ones leave the rules in pieces. The next generation Ford Ranger Raptor, coming soon.
1: Talk Radio. Welcome
2: to Women Who Rock With Success, which is an award-winning show for professional women. We profile a collective of amazing women who are thriving to build their brand. Women are handpicked in various fields who can provide credible information to build your business and lifestyle. We are live each Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. To learn more about us, go to our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. Now, let's join our podcast host in the studio, Mrs. Diane Winbush.
1: Women Who Rock With Success complies with the rules and terms according to the Federal Communications Commission podcast guidelines. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are their own, and their appearance on our digital media platforms does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. All guests who embrace our media stations are experts who are licensed in their fields of occupation. All rights reserved. And good morning and welcome to Women Who Rock With Success. This is our first episode for today, so thank you for tuning in with us. So today we're going to be diving into a little bit about real estate, and I know this is somewhat of a fifty fifty controversial type of topics because everybody's kinda of concerned about the rent and about the hike mortgage and all of these different little entities that perhaps maybe go along with real estate. But we will be talking with Sabine and she will be sharing with us some information about her, her uh, business as a broker and she'll be sharing with us about her brand and what makes her so effective and so unique in what it is that she does. So we want to welcome to the studio this morning Miss Sabine Sabine Walnick. So good morning
2: morning good morning it's great to be here with you
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So we want to get started. So tell us a little bit. First of all, tell us a little bit about you, and then tell us a little bit as to, I guess, why you chose real estate as, you know, a brand or a a niche that you want to be able to pursue and also to be able to help others, because I would think that that would be one of the targets that you wanted to do is to be able to help others. So tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about what you do.
2: Well, you are 100% correct. Um, I am about... How could I help others? In my previous Mm -hmm. career, I was actually a professor. I was a professor at the University of Illinois, Chicago. I have a PhD in psychology. And so I bring that background as a professor, as an educator, as a researcher, as a psychologist into my world as a realtor. I also have an incredible family. My husband, Matthew, who also has his license, although he has another career. He has his license in oh, real estate and uh, we have our daughter and, you know, she helps with our business also in sense, she bakes cookies for my open houses. Oh. Um, and so when I left academia, I really had to think hard about what was next and um matthew reminded me that on our very first date we talked about real estate and then i remember that even as a kid um, and this is about uh, when i decided to make the switch was about eight years ago uh, even as okay. a kid i remember driving around in new york and seeing these burnt out homes and thinking why aren't people fixing these up living in mm-hmm. them this is ridiculous and it's so sad yeah. that we have so many homeless people. It just kind of made me think about real estate since since then. And then so mm-hmm. the first thing I actually did in real estate was actually buy homes that were dilapidated to fix them up to sell so that um, okay they were no longer the eyesore in the home, I mean, in the neighborhood and things like that. And it was after okay a few years of doing that that I actually said, you know what, I think I'm going to do this also. But I loved working with the people directly and switched To being folk, my focus to being a realtor and helping uh, people buy and sell their home. One of my favorite groups are the first-time home buyers because you know they're putting all their money in rent, Mm -hmm. not building their equity. And I'm like, you Mm -hmm. need to build your own equity, not somebody
1: else's. Absolutely, because we know, uh, Sabine, that blight is a huge issue in America today uh, where you see so many houses, so many areas that are affected by blight. And then, of course, you know, sometimes people take the matters into their own hands by going in there and they'll set the place afire just to get a rid of the blight in their community or whatever that may be going on. So that's that's very, very um, um, good and positive. That um, you saw something earlier on that needs to be fixed, and you felt that you were the one that's going to be able to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. that is so. That is so. I like that. I like that because it's it's one thing when you want to know what you want to do, and then it's another thing when someone perhaps maybe wants you to pursue something that you don't want to do. So you know that's that's essential right there. I like that. So um, even mm-hmm. in regards to that. Um, So what areas do you specialize in? Now, I'm going to share a little story with you, and I have not been able to perfect it yet, and that is, um, okay, you have the the, the twin brothers. I'm not for sure if they're doing it, the property brothers, but I know it's a couple of, the other ones that were on um, HGTV before them, and they were offering, you know, going around America offering free programs to, to different individuals and, you know, flipping houses and things like that. And so that's something I really wanted to get into, but I'm like, oh, it looks like it's a real big headache and what have you. So I just kind of wanted to <laughs> touch on that, too. While you When you brought that up, I was like, okay, then, oh, she's she Don't mind getting her hands dirty either. But I've never, ever been able to get to the, to the um, I think they would have them at the Radisson hotels and and of course, the Marriotts here, in our location, and what have you, but I never was able to get to. You know, and they were giving out free DVDs, teaching people how to be able to start without any money. I mean, that's kind of a challenge, too, and that probably would be a... a we'd probably be on the phone all day long. They'd be able to explain that. So <laughs> tell us a little bit <laughs> what type of real estate... We'd be all day long trying to figure that out. Look, I can do this. I can flip a house with no money? Oh, yeah, right. So, And it, and it may be true. You probably have to follow the steps, critique to the way that they explained it to you on those videos, too. So anyway, tell us, what do you specialize in? What type of real estate you specialize in? Well, uh, First,
2: I have to just answer what you just said, uh, uh, that it's not that <laughs> true. I mean, it's not easy the way they present it, even at mm-hmm. those classes. I went to those classes, to see what they were talking about while I was doing it, and it was like, oh, no, 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 no. They're talking about hard money lending, when they say no money down, you're borrowing money at a very, very high. You think these interest rates today are high? You're borrowing money at very high interest rate to do it. And they present it as if it's oh, it's 2%. And this is years ago. That's 2% per month. And it's not an easy thing. I have to just say that for your Mm -hmm. listeners, it is not an easy thing to do. And I have bought some homes from people who tried to do it and gave up in the middle and just had to let go because (laughs) you have to have a network. You've got to have the contractors. Mm -hmm. You've Mm got to have the financing and know what you're doing and it's not an easy thing to do um, and it's there's tons of risk and there's tons of risk so you've got to have the stomach for it um, exactly so, exactly because I feel so... right mm-hmm. go, okay. here, no, go, here,
1: go ahead no go ahead finish and finish.
2: no I was just gonna say you know I I had one person that I encouraged and she's doing it and she's doing it very well but I told her my experiences and the things that and she did this on the west coast and I told her how she should build up slowly to it and not just dive right in because you don't make any money for a very long time. Right. So it's very stressful right. if you don't have any savings, if you don't have any other income. So it's not exactly. something I recommend for everybody. Um, right. But so, you know, what, when I think about what I specialize in, I primarily, I don't like to think of myself as having a niche because
1: mm-hmm.
2: I feel like my niche are the people who need someone like me. Someone who loves to handhold, okay. somebody who loves to okay. truly be there through the process and educate. Not everybody needs that. If you've bought and sold real estate 10 times, I mean, I still work with you, of course, but you don't need right. someone like me as much. So, mm-hmm. But I work throughout the western suburbs of Chicago. Um, I do do this, mm-hmm. the city as well when I have a client who's moving from the city to the suburbs or if I have a friend. A friend, colleague who you know has a home to sell in the city, or when I say city, I mean Chicago, or um, or wants to buy in Chicago, or rent in Chicago for like a family, friend, something like that. But I mainly focus on the western suburbs of Chicago, and I love my first-time buyers. I mentioned that because, and I have some really young ones, like in their twenties, that gets me so Mm -hmm. excited because it's like they understand early on this is about building your legacy, building generational wealth starts early. And when you buy Mm -hmm. your first house in your early to mid-20s, and then you can get to the next house and get to the next house, and you're building that equity over the years, that is something Mm -hmm. that you can then pass on to your children. As opposed to if you wait till you're 35, and now you've got all those years of paying somebody else's rent. I mean, paying somebody else's mortgage, right? Building somebody else's equity, you're starting late. Just kind of like how they talk about the stock market and building up your retirement, right? The earlier you start, the more money you have when you retire. Same thing for
1: real estate. Okay, okay. So it really is not, oh, I can stay on the phone with you all day long. So it's really not (laughs) exactly. I'm serious. i got another show coming up at 11. I better stop. But anyway, so... So are you serious? So it's really not – because I was thinking, those, okay, so once you watch the process, you have to have, of course, codes. You have to have building certificates, inspections, uh, different little things like that. And I was like, oh, this looks easy. And then it was just something I just felt that continued to always come up to, to I guess, uh, detour me from even – um, I would always sign up for them, and and something always came up. But then, you know, and then it's it's a messy job too, because I would see them going to some of the messiest homes, and it would be all kind oh. of stuff in the toilet that has been in there probably for about six months, oh. a year, and. It was just horrible, and the wives be up there, they be having, you know how they be on the television, they have their attitudes and stuff, too, because they have to help their husbands, and then to be able to, you know, to modify and get everything structured and what have you. So thank you so much for clearing that up, Um, and we've had several real estates on um, the show, probably about... I don't know, about eight or nine and things and I just uh no one has ever t- touched on this subject. And so thank you so much for clarifying that that um that it's not actually what it I guess appears. The person would need really something to have to go in because you have to put some things down, you have to have something to work with and um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's very, very important. So um Doctor, so we wanna um learn about the contribution. So what do you contribute to your success? Oh, wow.
2: Um, Okay. So from the time I was born, my mother was amazing, an amazing role model, and always told me I had to work hard, I had to have my own career, and that I had to always be able to stand on my own two feet. And no matter what, Mm -hmm. that I just had to. That just, it didn't matter. Right. I had to just Mm -hmm. always make sure. And so that always stayed in the back of my head, which is why when I was leaving, I left academia for health reasons, severe migraines. So when I mm. can't really teach with migraines or do research, that sort of thing. And so when oh, I was wow. leaving, as I said, I had to really think hard. I'm like, I can't just resign from the university and have nothing. Like I had to okay. know there was a next phase of my life as a career person. Um, so I have to, you know, Give so much thanks to my mom for giving me that, and also the strength and the courage to work hard my whole life and always strive to succeed in addition okay. I have to thank my husband Matthew, because he oh my God, Great. he is such a blessing okay. He always has my back, he always encourages me um and he wants the best for me he's my number one cheerleader he's my number okay. one supporter, and I feel the same way about him like whatever his Your endeavors friend. are, I'm like, yes, you got this. So I feel like That's for the right. support of my family, my faith, um, you know, through the hard times, because, again, it's not easy. Yeah. Not You know, whether rehabbing yeah. homes or being a realtor, there's a lot of ups and downs. You're dealing with a right. lot of money and a lot of emotions. And um, when I'm dealing with my clients, the ups and downs of that, it's, it you know, it's hard some days. And so my, my faith gets me through that as well. And, um, but I feel I feel very fortunate. I've been surrounded by wonderful people. Even as a rehabber, other rehabbers who've been great mentors. um, As a realtor, other realtors who have been great mentors. I have always believed one of the most important things for anybody in any career is to find Mm -hmm. mentors. No one can do anything completely on their own. I don't know who. Put that in people's heads that, oh, we can just do whatever, pull yourself by your own bootstraps and do everything on your own. That is just a, the biggest fallacy ever. We all need other people. Okay. That, we are human beings. Humans are right. people people. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we thrive right. when we have mentors, when we have supporters, when we have people we can talk to, peers, to help us grow. Right. And so I'm a big proponent of that.
1: Okay, okay, and that is so important. Um, it was a show that we had. Um, I think it was a Tuesday, and we were talking about that. Of course, you know this is Breast Cancer Week. We know that this topic is not in in reference to that, but we, you know, it was. You know, it's important that when a person is trying to achieve that, the spouse is right there cheerleading the person, saying, yay, they don't have the pom-poms, but they're saying, hey, go ahead, yeah, you can do this. And so that is very, very important, you know, in a relationship that um, that your husband is so supportive of you and things. As a matter of fact, he was the one that reached out to us, so <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so exactly. what advice do you? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I like. I like when someone is in the front doing pulling the strings and then all, of you, all the, the, the the significant other have to do is just sit in the pilot seat and go to driving or riding or however you want to say it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so what advice do you have for buyers when looking for a home? Okay. Number one,
2: get mm-hmm. pre approved. I mean okay. when I say that it's why it's so important is a couple of reasons. One you find out what you're qualified for. Nothing is more okay. disappointing than when you start off looking at one price point and you find out you have to look 50000 or or 100000 less than your price point. It's a different house. Okay. And now you've seen okay. these more expensive houses, you're going to be less satisfied and it's going to be a less satisfying process when you have to downgrade. So it's really important to start with knowing that number where, what your range is. Sometimes you'll find, okay, I didn't really want to spend that much money. And I'm like, that's great. You don't have to spend what the lender says you can afford. You have, and mm-hmm. I'm very, I am very clear with my clients about this. You spend what you're comfortable with. Even if the lender tells you you could spend 100000 more, we don't have to do that. I'm never going to push that. But at least if you know, in addition, there are tons of mistakes in people's credit reports. So if you start the process okay. early, you can find out if they're oh like oh I paid that bill. I don't know why that's on my credit. I know I paid that bill. Or that's not I never I never signed up for that credit card. You find out there are mistakes, you get that taken care of right. before you're in the before you fall in love with the house and it's too late. So right. that's why I believe <laughs> the pre approval process is really important to start very early because and you can team up with a lender to, to really get to, to know what you can handle and then make that decision and how do I feel about my money and what I want. So that's number one. Number two, be open. You know what I mean? Look at a lot of homes because <clears throat> excuse okay. me, I always encourage my clients To look at a lot of homes, a lot of different layouts, don't come in and say, I only want X. Especially if you're in the early stages of you've never bought a house before. Look at a lot Mm -hmm. of different homes, different neighborhoods, even different towns sometimes. um, Just to be open to find what makes your heart sing. Um, Because there are lots of different layouts, lots of different neighborhoods, and When you take the time, and some realtors don't want to give their clients that time. They're going to rush them. That's not me. I want them to take their time and figure out what makes their heart sing. When we walk into a house and then there is that moment of, oh, my goodness, this is it.
0: I know. I've
2: done my job. You know what I'm saying? I want to give them the time. So I always feel like buyers need to know they do not need to rush the decision to buy a house, even if it's not their first time buying a house. Let's take our time. Let's look and um, to get a good feel about what's important. Because sometimes you don't know what's important. You imagine, oh, yeah, I think this is what I want. And then you start looking at houses like that. And you're like, oh, I thought I would like this, but I don't. Let's keep an open Mm -hmm. mind. Let's look at a lot of different things. So those are the two things that I think is really important to start with.
1: Okay. And so what about those that, now, I know that brokers, such as yourself, now, is it, You know i mean it's better to purchase than it is to rent so what about for those that you know we want to give information and provide information for our audiences for those who rent because you know you got a lot of people now they're renting vacation homes and then they're also doing a lot of uh airbnbs and so talk to us a little bit about that as the you know the the the, how to contrast between selling and buying and then also When is the perfect time to be able to do that? See, because, of course, when a person comes out of college, that's not a good time, simply because of the fact they're overwhelmed, perhaps with a little debt you know from their student loan and what have you and then they got other bills that they're trying to be able to um you know complete and and get over with and what have you so kind of talk to us a little bit about that for those that uh, decide to rent because you still have individuals they may stay in townhouses they live in penthouses they perhaps maybe you know go out to their vacation homes and things and You know, the Vacation Home, that's another uh, uh, show, too. That's another podcast as well, too. It's a lot (laughs) into, you know, when you're trying to buy these, you know, and now they have found ways for people to get out of these. um, I can't think of it. It's on the right on the tip of my tongue and things. But, you know, when you go into these resorts and what have you, and they offer some of the the services or elements of the – the timeshare, exactly. I'm, not, I'm talking about people are over the hill with that as of right now and things. And, I, and like I said, that's another total different show because you have to share <laughs> different things with individuals. So anyway, let's talk about that a little bit, about renting and how brokers are, are successful in finding individuals' homes to rent.
2: So it the market, because of the craziness of the market the last few years, rental prices have got up so dramatically. And Mm. so, again, I'm a huge proponent. I do believe, and I've had uh, clients, i want to call them my students, who have walked (laughs) out of college, okay? Um, If you don't think you're going to be in an area for very long, then I understand renting first, absolutely. If you think Mm -hmm. you're moving Mm -hmm. to one town, you're not sure, you know, you're from one part of the country, you're moving to another, you're moving to Chicago, you're not sure how long you're going to be here, well, of course, it makes sense to rent for a year or two, to get your feet wet and say, is this a place I want to stay? Um, mm-hmm. Rental prices have gone up dramatically because of the market, uh, because of the craziness mm-hmm. of the COVID market. All the rent, you know, right. all the housing prices went up. Rentals went up. So, you know, there are ways you can do it on your own, but I, I do recommend talking to a broker, having a broker help you find that right place for you and help negotiate potentially the right deal for you, whether it—I mean—it there were really no deals to be had in the past two years. Now we're mm-hmm. seeing some more flexibility. We are seeing a little bit more flexibility. It depends on the condition. It depends on how many other people are interested. Um, but sometimes you do have to be flexible, um, especially if you're competing okay. against other people. So um, mm-hmm. it's it's a tough one, but it's good to have a broker because a broker can help you look at lots of places instead of you by yourself having to run around from one place to another, getting a a landlord to call you back. Oh my goodness. I've had people come to me and be like, this is ridiculous. Landlords won't call me back. And I'm like, I'm sorry about Mm -hmm. that. That's terrible. Let me help. And then I don't do a ton of rentals, but I have done rentals and it does help, you know, when a a, a realtor can be the one making the calls, making the appointments and that sort of thing. But a lot of landlords don't want, to use a realtor. They don't want to spend the money on a realtor. So then you, as the renter, have to be comfortable mm-hmm. paying a broker
1: for their okay. help
2: in finding right. that
1: place to live.
2: So just okay. like okay. anything, Great. right, you get what you pay for.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Rule of one, the first rule of thumb. <laughs> so what advice uh, would exactly. you um, could give to um, sellers?
2: Okay. With sellers, again, with the last two years that were crazy, Some people were just throwing up their house on the market and having lots of offers and selling it. Now we're back to a more normal market, a more normal way of doing business. Mm. First things first, check your home. Get a good inspection to make sure everything is working properly. Clean that home. Declutter that home. Don't have so much stuff everywhere that when the buyer comes in, it feels overwhelming. So I personally Mm -hmm. always bring a stager. When I'm working with a seller, I come in, I bring my stager, we go through the house, we make suggestions of what to declutter, how to rearrange furniture to present the features of the house in the best way. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll suggest paint. It is amazing okay. what a fresh coat of paint. That is the least expensive thing you can do to fix up your house. Put a fresh coat of paint, and it looks new. So it okay. really is helpful to do that. Okay. But also, here's my big one. Do not overprice the house. Because okay. if you overprice the house, people are going to look at your house and let's say you price your house, it really should be priced at 400 right? And you price it at 500 because, ooh, the market's crazy. People are going to look at your house listed for 500 and they're going to look at other houses listed for $500. they are going to say, well, gee, why would I choose this house over here for 500 when this house over here for 500 is so much nicer? It doesn't make sense. So when you right. price your house appropriate, that's what, again, even in the crazy market, when you price it appropriately, that's when you get lots of people to come to your home. And when you have lots of interest, that's when we got those bidding wars. But now we're not having too many bidding wars, only on the properties that are just beautiful, move-in ready, gorgeous, still having some bidding wars. Not 10, but maybe two, three offers, that sort of thing. All you need is one. When you price it appropriately, you're going to get the right buyers in. You're not going to get a whole bunch of buyers that are like, this is not worth this price and you're wasting your time on the market and that price you're going to just have to keep dropping it and here again i love being a realtor not every realtor is wonderful about doing the right thing i'm always honest with my clients. (laughs) i'm like if you sit in at this price if we set it at this price we're not going to get that many people we're going to have to drop the price eventually some realtors just because they want the listing will say, okay, you want to list it at 600000 I think it's worth four fifty. fine, okay. let's go ahead. But in their head, they know they're going to spend time getting you to drop the price because no one is going to make an offer at that higher price because they know it's not worth it, but they want the listing. So you have okay. to really be comfortable with listening to the realtor listen and looking at the data understanding having the realtor explain the data explain the homes that are similar and what they've sold for what you're going to be up against on the market so that you can make a good educated decision and not selling your house is very emotional you have years of living there tied to it like special moments so sellers can be very emotional in saying But it's it's so fabulous. I decorated it. I did this. Look how beautiful it is. It's got to be worth a fortune. But just because it's worth a fortune to you doesn't mean anybody else is going to think it's worth a crazy number. You have to be more rational than emotional. And it helps to have a realtor that can help, you know, bridge that gap. Um, and say, we understand. I totally get it. It is beautiful. You've done beautiful decorations. Oh, what lovely memories you have here. And you get to cherish that Mm -hmm. forever. Other people are going to come and build their new memories. But we have to price it for where other people are going to actually come in. Otherwise, you're not going to sell the home. And um, and I think that's important, especially as the market is shifting Mm -hmm. right now. People can't think, oh, my God, well, my neighbor sold the house eight months ago, and they got 50000 over list, so that's the price I want. Well, again, they got okay. the 50000 over list because they started it at the correct price, and then they had a bidding war. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen today. We're not having that kind of craziness. So to be realistic and really listen to the realtor who's presenting
1: the data okay that's my advice okay Okay. perfect perfect so with the last question you can be able to share um with the listeners um how they can be able to find you um uh, you have any uh, books that you have published uh in the areas of real estate or any other type of um, category you can be able to do that and then if you want them to be able to follow you on any social media platforms you can be able to share on this site at this time oh great uh well
2: the, the all my writings are in psychology, so that's not okay. going to be relevant fine. for fine. my days as a professor. Um, but I, you know, I'm on social media. I like to post a lot of videos about real estate on social media. I even had a lecture, some videos about before and afters and durings from my rehabbing. Um, mm-hmm. But so on Facebook, I'm Sabine Rolnick. On um, on uh, YouTube. I'm Sabine Rolnick. My okay. website is SabineRolnick.com. So, and Instagram, of course. Um, I love doing reels on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, I have not branched onto to TikTok yet, but I'm, I'm going to, I promise. <laughs> but I am, if you put in Sabine Rolnick, you will find me. Um, I think I'm actually Facebook. I think I'm Sabine Rolnick Realtor. Um I might be Sabine Rolnick, realtor on Instagram. Oh, that's so funny that I completely forgot to think about that. But if you put Sabine okay. Rolnick, I don't think there's another Sabine Rolnick out there. So people can okay. find me and you can email me easily at srolnick at e as a boy, HHS, Chicago.com. So I should say I'm with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Chicago. That is the company that I'm a realtor with. They are an amazing company. And that's my other, that's my advice to have people thinking about being a realtor is, I know you didn't ask me that, but if you're thinking about being mm-hmm. a realtor, you want to be with a company that is amazing, that can support you, that can train you. And, and I am so blessed to be with this company because they are amazing. They are so supportive, so encouraging. I have, I think, tripled my business since joining the company, okay. and um, okay. if not more, because they're such a great company with so many services and so many resources for me and the support from my managing brokers, from my colleagues. I remember I talked about that at the beginning. Um, so Berkshire Hathaway has been an amazing experience for me. So that's an easy easy way to reach me as well. Or you can find me, uh, like I said, online, and then you can find my phone number and email addresses and things like
1: that, com Okay, so great, Sabine. We have had fun with you today in the studio, and we thank you so much for being with us as our guest today and sharing um, your career and what your future is going to look like. And then you also shared a little bit about a real estate broker. You know, a lot of times people don't do that; they don't share that type of type of you know that type of information about their own personal business. So, thank you and kudos to you for that. So, uh, y'all can Aww. meet us somewhere at My eleven o'clock is- A.M. Yeah, for our Breast Cancer uh, Panel uh, of Awareness Month, and then we'll be back with you on video with that. So once again, Sabrine, thank you so much for being with us, and have a wonderful day.
2: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You have a wonderful day, too. Thank you. Absolutely.